Hello and welcome to From Fear to Fire, secrets to overcome fear, embrace your gifts and achieve success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill. I am your host and our quote of the day is by Helen Keller. What we have once enjoyed, we can never lose. All that we love deeply becomes a part of us. And our special guest today is Lisa Cummins, and she is a mother, author, and IT professional. She holds a BS in business and is certified as a project management professional. She is a board member for PMI LIC, which is Project Management Institute, Long Island chapter, and has volunteered for many charitable organizations. She recently finished raising a puppy for the Guide Dog Foundation. And Lisa also believes in holistic approaches to well-being and holds multiple certifications in alternative approaches to healing. And she currently resides in Long Island, New York. Welcome, Lisa. How are you? I'm good, Heather. How are you? I'm just fine. And I'm happy to be having this conversation with you today. So you have recently wrote a book about your daughter. So could you share um, about the book and, and what obviously the story that, that caused you to want to write it, which is your daughter's story? Sure, well, first of all, thank you for that warm and wonderful introduction. And yes, um, I always wanted to write a book about my daughter's life. She was just an, uh, one of the, the most amazing individuals I've ever had the honor of, of meeting and knowing. And I always say that it's been my honor and privilege to be her mother and her sister on her journey, which was a challenging one. Um, she, she basically lost her vision very slowly from the age of two to 11. And it was due to a tiny benign tumor that was discovered in her brain and she faced many challenges one after the other, had ended up going through multiple rounds of chemo and surgeries and radiation. And the one thing I just say about Lauren is she never lost her zest for life. She was one of the most happy and positive people you met and people were just inspired by her. So I actually thought I was gonna write a very different story one with her standing by my side and talking about how we overcome each and every one of the challenges she faced. But um, as a little bit of a spoiler alert, Lauren ended up passing away at 17, but not before inspiring everyone she met and even those she didn't. So I just wanna thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit about my journey with Lauren and the writing of the book. No, I am honored that you're here to share the story and Lauren's story. And I'm very sorry. I just want to express my condolences for her passing, of course. Now, you call it Lauren's vision. Now, I think that there's probably more to that title than, than what we might think right up front. Could you share a little bit about that? Sure. Um... Well, like I said, Lauren saw the world differently than most people, even with all the challenges she faced. Mm -hmm. um, she, I always like to say that even though she lost her eyesight, she never lost her vision of how she wanted to live her life. And she actually coined a phrase at, at one of the most challenging parts of her life. She was being hospitalized for six months and the doctors would come in every morning on their rounds and ask her how she was. 
And for the longest time, she would say, great. But she one morning, she said she was HPH. And I asked her, what does that mean? And she said, happy, positive, and healthy. And from that day forward, when anybody ever asked her how she was, she said HPH. So that became one of her, her, her phrases. And, um, and while she was, you know, the hospitalization was when she was 11, she ended up needing a major tumor resection. Um, I had already had a website built for her and it was something that we used to let people send her messages. Cause she also did something. She built these, um, she made these bracelets. Um, out of star butterflies and hearts. And she said she put love, energy, and power into every bead. So I have a sister who is handy with websites and building that out. So we actually called the website Lauren's Vision. Mm -hmm. And we had little cards made up for her so she could hand out business cards. And these bracelets became a signature gift of hers. Mm -hmm. And it became a great icebreaker because she loved to talk and chat with people. So she would just hand out her bracelets and hand out her business cards. So um, it was a combination. I tried calling it different things. Um, At first, I was going to call it stronger than you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it just seemed so appropriate that we already had this website. And it really did play on the fact that Lauren's vision was she could see much more beyond and with her eyes she saw from her heart. So that's why I called it Lauren's vision. Oh, it's beautiful. And I love Lauren's HPH. And <laughs> you, you created um, a charitable fund from that, right? Yes. Yeah, I actually did. Um, as a matter of fact, all the proceeds from the book go to go to her fund. It's a, it's a charitable uh, giving account. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I did was that I wanted... Lauren's legacy of unconditional love and spreading love, energy, and power to go on. So this is where we make donations to this, this account. And then every year on her birthday, her brother and I um, pick a charitable fund because you can um, basically put it into the like investing funds. Mm-hmm. But then at any point in time, you basically reroute the funds to a charity of your choice. So all year long, the money grows like her love. Mm-hmm. And then her brother and I get to pick a fund that um, in Lauren's honor that we can continue to um, honor her with and, and have that money go to help and spread love, energy and power. Lisa, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I mean, so poignant and, and such a powerful way to have her vision expand beyond um, her time here. Now, there are probably people listening right now who have experienced illness and grief, or perhaps even the loss of child. Is there something that you can share with them that might help them through this? Yeah. Um, so losing a child, uh, losing anyone is, is such a great loss. And losing, especially the loss of a child, there's no greater loss that I have ever experienced. But the one thing I will just say is to just never lose hope and faith because at the end of the day, when you have nothing else, that's what, that's what you have, or at least that's what I have. And that's what I leaned into. Um, I never expected to lose Lauren from this. We were told from a very young age when we suspected there were certain things going on, we were told the worst thing that could ever happen was that she might have impaired vision. So unexpected things happen all the time, but I would say, as a mother, and I think as any mother would probably do, I I just left no stone unturned. And I would tell people to do the same. 
um, to just left no stone unturned so she could live a healthy, full and quality life. And, and she did. And she taught me like, there's so much we can learn from each other. Cause I believe we're all here to learn and grow. And that's what the journey is about. And none of us ever know how much time we have, but the time I had with Lauren, the way I've been able to process it and navigate through some of this is that the love there the love that we had was so real and so unconditional. And she taught me so much about being present and, and, and living your best life and living HPH that um, she ended up teaching me even after she passed, when I faced some other unforeseen challenges that I had to lean in and, and, and leverage all the things I taught her about having a high bar and, and just making the best of every day regardless of how many times she was poked and prodded in surgeries, that there was still fun to be had, life to be lived. And, and she, she, she personified all of that. And then she made me in my dark days, pick up my big girl pants and, and do the same thing. So I would say leave no stone unturned. We tried everything from Western, Eastern, alternative healing approaches, things as a right brain person that I would never have even thought that I would get into. And it, it led me to go on so many alternative paths. And I just grew from all of that spiritually, physically, and, and emotionally. Thank you, Lisa. Now, is, are there these, these Eastern approaches and healing techniques? Are there any that you, that you'd like to share that were particularly helpful or about the journey itself? No, you know, I, I know that that's not for everybody. And that's why, you know, we looked at everything. But I will tell you that it, and when you're trying, when you're, especially your, the life of your child is at stake, what you might think is unfathomable. You know, we had, as I started looking at Eastern approaches and healing approaches, you know, we didn't do everything, but we adopted a philosophy that if something couldn't hurt her and potentially help her, that we were willing to try that. So I'll just share like some of the some of the approaches we try. Well, obviously, from, you know, Eastern approaches, there's all types of holistic things and, and shakes and drinks and things you can try. But it was more spiritually, like from a meditative standpoint, like we did meditations and affirmations even at a young age. And she was open to all of that and, um, you know, took me down a spiritual journey. But some of the more common ones that I tried is, you know, we did Reiki. I became, and then as I learned about these, I wanted to learn and became certified in many of those alternative approaches. So I became a Reiki master. Um, there's something else called Anra um, healing and pranic healing. And honestly, the bottom line is, is that all those approaches are pretty much the same route. It's about connecting to source mm. um, and, and, and light. Or, or, or God or whatever you want to call it. And basically allowing yourself to become a channel for all of that. And then taking that and just sending it to the person you love. And it's not even to just heal them, which I had to come to understand. Like I thought if you do A, B, and C, you automatically get X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. But there's a phrase that, that was used often to say that you, you send the love and light with the attention, intention of um, healing for the highest and greatest good of the other person. Mm -hmm. And even as I talk, my hands are vibrating mm -hmm. because basically um, everything is energy in this, in this world. 
and you're sending that energy and that love and that light to the person for healing. And it's not anything that's tangible that you can, um, you know, measure or feel. But I have to say that Lauren lived this amazing quality, happy life. And I know the things we did um, assisted. So I, I guess that that is just, I would say, to be open to that. And even in, in researching, and I became a certified hypnotherapist, mm -hmm. and I helped Lauren with guided visualizations, with, which assisted both her and me when she did things like have to get radiation mm -hmm. to stay calm and focused. So, and, um, and I will say one other thing. There was one doctor, I wanted to be sure I shared this with you because I wrote about it in the book too, that there was one doctor in the midst of, of all these things and starting to see that, you know, I, when I, her original um, diagnosis was missed when she was two, she had these like little tiny um, brown spots all over her body. And I was told right from an early age that um, they were nothing. You could tell just by looking at her, she was healthy. But um, shortly after she turned two, I took her to a different doctor who, who noticed them and said that they looked indicative of something else. And it happened to be something called NF1, neurofibromatosis type one. And then there were all these other things that could potentially be wrong. So when I took her to another doctor to have her examined, he told us a story about there were two other families in a similar situation. And he told us how one, one family, the parents sold their homes, you know, moved and relocated to the best hospital to get the best doctors and basically turned their lives upside down. And another family with a similar situation who stayed the course, um, you know, just lived their life, kept routine and did everything they could um, to stay happy. And they said that they basically, one family ended up in, in divorce and havoc and the other family was much happier. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me about this, the old Cherokee story of, of the two wolves. Do you know that story? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I always say that that's what that reminded me of about, you know, he was just telling us to sit, you know, stay, keep your routine, stay normal, live your life as best you can and, um, and, and be happy. And, and as that story goes, it's a grandfather teaching a young, his young um, grandson, about life and how there's two wolves within each of us. One is angry and fearful um, and the other is happy and joyful and, and they're fighting with each other constantly. And the young grandson asks, well, which wolf won, wins? And the grandfather says, whichever one you feed. So I just, that doctor was reminding me that no matter what happens in our lives, we get to choose um, the story and and then and the narrative of what we're going through and how we're gonna and what choices we're gonna make to um to live our best life and that's what I always try to do set that bar high regardless of what happened it was something we were going to get together and through as a family beautiful I mean you you that energy has so much to do with the healing and also like you're talking about the journey along the way that's why she came up with that hbh right now um just for a moment we're going to digress into there were some other losses maybe a betrayal that you had experienced did you want to share anything about how you navigated that um yeah i think it's an important part of what happens because um you know, this whole story is, is bittersweet. It's heartbreaking as, as inspiring and as much love as there was, you know, Lauren's life did end at 17 and it, 
it, you know, it was nothing I ever expected to happen. And then, you know, my marriage of 25 years also came to an end after she passed. And, you know, speaking of making choices, my, my husband, which is what I like to call him at this point in time, made very different choices about how he handled mm. the challenges that we faced. Yeah. And that ended up with a lot of betrayal and a lot of hurt stuff that again, I never saw coming completely blindsided me mm-hmm. and really had to, in addition to grieving the loss of my daughter, also then had to deal with the loss of not just my marriage, but of the man I thought I knew mm-hmm. and the life I thought I was going to live with him after losing Lauren. Mm-hmm. And then while we were separated, um, my job of 32 plus years, I found out was going to come to an end because the company got acquired. And now I was going to basically be losing my job. Mm-hmm. So in the course of a three-year period, I lost my daughter, my marriage, and my job. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt like the world was just crashing in on me and that everything I and everyone I had ever loved was being taken from me. And I really came to a very dark place in my life. And honestly, it was re- the realization of how, that I still had a son who I loved and who loved me and, and needed, like we became each other's rocks during that time. But, um, but yeah, there was a lot of loss. And that's what I was saying earlier, that you just have to, everything I taught Lauren, I now had to, you know, say to myself, like, you know, and what would Lauren want from me? And if the roles were reversed, I would want her to be happy. And, and, and how do you navigate that? I, I leaned into my faith mm-hmm. um, in my darkest hours. And I always said that the way you get through anything and what I told Lauren was the way you get through anything is through your faith, your family and your friends. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is I actually told, I, I needed a lot of help in taking care of Lauren, especially as things continue to get more and more challenging. We ended up having a full-time nurse and hiring some aides. And I, I basically ca- like called it, I crea- was creating Team Lauren, uh, yes. that you need to create a support team for, for yourself. And I created a support team for Lauren because I didn't want her to feel lonely. I didn't want her to feel like she didn't have friends. And you know her friends still you know, came by and supported her, but she wasn't able to go out and do all the other things a 14, 15, 16-year-old girl could do as she couldn't walk without assistance and, you know, needed to use a wheelchair most of the time. So I created team Lauren, which were these girls who came into our life and, and loved her as a friend and, you know, created the, the, uh, the healing approaches and, and, and just created everything that was completely supportive. So it was a true team effort. And then when I went through my loss of Lauren, and my loss of my marriage and my loss of my job. I called it the one, two, three punch. Mm-hmm. I created, I had to create team, team Lisa yeah. and realize what could I do to not overwhelm any one person or thing and figure out how I could live my best life um, despite all the challenges I was facing. So yeah, it was, it was a lot. It's a lot. Oh my goodness. But you know, you, you, what you gained from her and and knowing her and the energy that she put forward and the lessons that you learned together helped you tremendously. It sounds like now tell me about this puppy that you raised for the guide dog foundation. 
Okay, sure. Well, Forrest was, um, he was actually my little buddy, he, my, my little pandemic buddy. Um, for the first year of the pandemic, my son actually, who had just moved to Brooklyn, mm -hmm. um, he got, he graduated college and we had got, I had gotten him a puppy for a graduation present. They were home for a year with me, but um, he decided to go uh, move in with his girlfriend and able, since he was able to work virtually, he had, I felt so bad for him. He was in, got his first apartment in Brooklyn, had a great job in the city, but it, it really ended up working out. We'll talk about Chris in a little bit, yeah. I'm sure. But um, when he left, I was actually ready for him to leave. What I wasn't ready for was for him and the dog to go. <laughs> So I decided for a long time, I had always thought about raising a puppy for the guide dog foundation. Mm -hmm. And it was just a great way because Lauren had lost her vision, though she never needed a guide dog. Um, I just thought it was a nice way to give back and also be a companion. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, for 18 months, I was able to raise this, this, a beautiful, handsome yellow lab who was like the poster dog post poster puppy for the guide dog <laughs> foundation. And it was so rewarding. Uh. And he just went back in August for his, uh, they call it the formal, uh, formal training. Uh -huh. And sadly, he did not make it as a guide dog because they oh. are very, very strict. But what they do look to see if they can help with any other programs. Mm -hmm. He did pass and get accepted to be a security detection dog. Oh, so okay. he's um, finishing up that training and he's going to be working, assisting for uh, some security Groups, whether it's uh, you know some bomb for bombs or mm -hmm. um, or drugs, or and then they'll let me know where he's going to be located. But yeah, it was mm -hmm. so rewarding and such a good time to have him with me. Mm -hmm. And so now, um, because I have other changes going on, I actually am now just a puppy watcher, uh -huh. where I watch other people's dogs. They call it puppy camp. But I plan mm -hmm. on raising another guide dog because it was so such a wonderful organization and and very rewarding. That's outstanding. So, you know, I'd love for you to share how people can reach you or find the book. Do you have any other books in your future? I don't know. Is there anything else coming that you want to share with us? Um, you know, I'm not working on any other books currently. I think I might have one more in me at least because it was it was such a cathartic process. But it, that book took over seven years to write. But yeah, I, I do. I think I would like to. But for right now, um, I'm starting other chapters. I am selling. I've made the big decision to sell my house. This is the house where I raised both Christopher and Lauren, mm -hmm. and I feel like it's time um, to to clear things out, which I've been working on. I just recently put it on the market. I'm not sure where I'm gonna go next, but I think I might want to just travel around and and see, you know, where I would like to be. But as far as how people can reach me, um, like I said, I do, I actually repurposed Lauren's website. So there's a, a there is a website called laurensvision.com. Lauren would always say no apostrophe. <laughs> and, and that's where there's a lot of information, but the book is available on Amazon, amazon.com. And it's available in all different formats. I have the soft cover, the hard cover. It's also available in large print because I figured if people are visually impaired mm -hmm. and want to be inspired um, to make that available to them as well. And it's also available in audio. And I just so, want to and, reiterate that the proceeds do go back to the charitable fund, correct? Yes. Yep. That's All the proceeds crazy. from the book yes. go to uh, go to this charitable fund that I, I you know, have dedicated in Lauren's name. Mm -hmm. um, so that's absolutely 
the case. And if people want to get one of Lauren's beautiful bracelets, I also have information on the website as to how they can either make a donation um, to get a bracelet mm -hmm. uh, and as well as the book. So it's all there. Thank you so much, Lisa. And, and for those of you listening, don't worry, we'll put the links into the show notes for you so that you can get there very easily. It's time, Lisa. I told you this was going to fly by. Do you have any final parting words of wisdom for our listeners today? Well, I do. I just, you know, I will say if anybody's ever interested in writing, I think we all have a story in us. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I did end up hiring a book coach for part of the time who helped me tremendously with gathering my thoughts and how to write them very expressively. She always said that writing is a lot like grieving. It's mm -hmm. sometimes too soon, but it's never too late. Oh, but the, the, the last parting words I would like to tell everybody is to let them know that despite whatever challenges they're facing, including the loss of loved ones, that you can still live your life happy, positive and healthy or HPH, like Lauren said, and just to continue to spread love, energy and power. And I hope that this book, that was the reason why I wrote it to share that journey and to help inspire them through the journey that I took with Lauren and her beautiful, beautiful life and story. So thank you again for this opportunity to share just a little bit about that journey. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. I really appreciate you sharing. And for those of you listening, how about you do a share too? If you love this story, if you found it inspiring, then please share this um, podcast out so others can benefit and be inspired too. Thank you so much and wishing everyone a beautiful day. Thank you.